It's time for Retirement Income Solutions. With the team at Security First Asset Management. If you're concerned about having the right financial plan, then this is the show for you. Your hosts are Bill Danner and Daniel Neesmith. They're ready to listen to your questions, help you plan for the unexpected, and set you up to thrive in retirement. Here in Middle Georgia, they're the team to turn to for financial guidance so you can have more peace of mind. It's time for the show. This is Retirement Income Solutions. Listen, 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 plan, plan, thrive. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Retirement Income Solutions. I'm Mark Haywood with Bill Danner and Daniel Neesmith. This is the show for you if you have questions about how to retire with confidence and with the kind of plan that gets you to and all the way through retirement. After all, we want you to thrive in retirement. Bill and Daniel are your financial coaches in Middle Georgia at Security First Asset Management. They have offices in Macon and in Dublin. On today's show, we'll be answering your questions about finances and retirement planning. You can always submit your questions online at completetheplan.com. That's completetheplan.com. All right. Your questions are on deck. It's time for Retirement Income Solutions. We're taking your questions here on Retirement Income Solutions, where we want you to listen, plan, and thrive. We love hearing from folks in and around the area. We have some great questions that have come in to us. Again, if you'd like to submit a question to be featured here on the show, you can go online to completetheplan.com and submit your questions. That's completetheplan.com. We have a question here that's coming from Jacqueline and Kathleen. Jacqueline says, I'm about to sell a farm that I inherited, which will bring me quite a large sum of money. Should I use this money to pay off my house or just invest the money and use investment income to pay my mortgage for me? Thanks, Jacqueline. We appreciate folks writing in to us, and uh, we all have various different topics uh, that we get from time to time, and it's been a while since we had one on inheritance, and uh, understand where you're coming from it's the first inclination probably is to 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 pay off your home and that's not a bad inclination whatsoever Uh, at least that's predictable and if you were to invest the money and uh, lose some of the proceeds uh, if a market turns south or you didn't generate enough investment income to pay the mortgage then you probably wouldn't be happy with that solution so what we'd like to encourage you to do Jacqueline is to look at uh, your overall financial situation and uh, you haven't indicated where you're retired or getting ready to retire. How might this money uh, fit into an overall investment plan for you uh, that would drive your retirement, your complete retirement? So I think it would be important for you to maybe uh, think about uh, how, how, how might this work uh, overall and ensuring you a, um, a stable uh, retirement with plenty of cash flow and income to meet your needs and, uh, and your goals. And we certainly encourage people to pay their homes off. So I, before you do that, I would think I would put an income plan in place and a retirement plan and, and how this money should work together uh, as a cohesive bunch with the other savings and retirement monies you might have. So give us a, a call back and we'd be happy to sit down with you and put an, a, an income plan in place for you. But thanks for shouting out to us. Time now to take a question from Richard, who writes in from Macon. Richard says, should I be doing anything besides 529 plans to save for my kids for college, or is that the best option? Richard, thanks for the question. 529 plans are a really good way to save for for college or higher education. And you get the benefits. When you add money to those, you can add up to $15,000 a year. So depending on when you start, if you're starting at the year before they go to college, you may have to save some money outside of that. But if you've saved for years in advance, 15000 per year is the limit. And it comes out and grows tax-free if you use it for higher educational purposes. In the state of Georgia, there's a website called PathToCollege529.com, and that's also tax-free on the state level for the state of Georgia if you use the plan that they provide through that. So I really think the 529 plan is a good way to save for college. The The benefits are that you can take that money out tax-free. You don't get a tax deduction for putting it in, but it comes out tax-free. So I think it's probably the best thing to do, you know, to save for college. If there's any question 
if the money won't be used for higher education, then you might have a little bit of an issue. You'd have to pay taxes on the growth of the money. So that'd be the only downside to using the 529 plan. But if you feel highly confident that your kids are going to go to college or technical or trade school, you can use the proceeds for that. But not only that, he that's $15,000 per donor. So he could get a spouse uh, if you're married, uh, Richard, or you could get your parents or your yeah other people can can make contributions they can make the same gifting uh, limit contribution in the 529 plan so you can really have a lot of folks putting money in and not only that a 529 plan covers uh housing as well as books and education so it's the best plan that we have available for us today let's take a question now from lillian who writes in from warner robbins lillian says i'm considering working with a new financial advisor but only with half of my money i want to keep the other half with a different advisor since you're a neutral third party without a vested interest i'm hoping you can confirm that this is a good idea since i'd be able to get advice from multiple people what do you guys think about that? Well, Lillian, that's uh, on the surface, that's not a bad idea at all to be able to have two different persons to, to talk to about your situation. But one of the downsides of that is is not being able to coordinate how each of them are investing. Uh, you may be uh, getting two different advisors, but they may be investing the exact same way for you, which may or may not be in your best interest. I'm not advocating that you have a single advisor Although a single advisor would be able to have a holistic approach to everything about you and your retirement needs and your your risk profiles and uh, your goals and aspirations and create a retirement plan for you, it's difficult to, to have multiple advisors unless you communicate with them directly based on what you're trying to accomplish. So we have seen folks with multiple advisors and they basically are invested the same way at each one. So I'm not sure what that accomplished other than you had two different advisors, uh, not all your all your eggs in one basket, so to speak. I don't think it's a bad idea to always have a second opinion, but when it comes to retirement planning, when you're trying to plan the rest of your life, maybe, uh, in my opinion, it's, it's pretty good to have one advisor that knows all about what you're trying to do and has, has a plan in place for you and invest the money according to a plan and it can diversify well diversify with inside uh, whatever investments you have and not have to have a necessarily another person that's doing something differently. Well, what do you think? Uh, well, I think at the very least you should share with the advisor that you plan on not giving all your assets to them. Don't just uh, make them assume that you don't have as much money. That that would be a bad situation because they're, they're going to use the assets that you have to forecast out hopefully things like how much income you can have in retirement and where to take income from and if they only know about half the money it creates an even bigger problem so at least be upfront that hey i'm going to keep the other half with the other advisor and maybe share the information about how they invest so it can he can make or he or she can make adjustments for that absolutely because you don't want to there's no reason to have two advisors doing the same thing when it comes to investing your money so uh, Daniel, I agree with that 100%. If you're going to do that, make sure that you are honest and upfront and you let the other advisor know how you are invested so that he can make his plan correlate with that plan. Sally writes into us from Byron and Sally says, I'm retiring next month and it occurs to me that I don't really know where my income is going to come from. I have social security, but that won't be enough to live on. Should I just start withdrawing from my 401k next month when the paycheck stop? That is a really good question, Sally. This is the type of thing we see all the time. A lot of folks do a good job accumulating money for retirement, but once they get to retirement, don't have a plan for spending. And that's as important, more important, once you get into retirement as where are you going to spend the money from? And not having that plan is, is very, very risky. We, we found that uh, Gallup Poll found that 62% of Americans have not sought advice on where to take their retirement income from. We believe you should have something called a lifetime income blueprint, which is an income plan, not just a wealth accumulation plan, but an income plan that will define where to take your income from, whether or not you should pull from your 401k. Part of that's going to depend on how many assets you have in the 401k and do you have any other savings that are tax-free or more tax-preferenced? But I can tell you this, it's not the worst strategy in the world if you're trying to maximize your income. It's to delay your Social Security to your at least your full retirement age, even if that mean, means spending some of the 401k first. And the reason for that is it will reduce your tax problem when you hit 70 and a half. You have to take required minimum distributions so you can increase your Social Security income 
and then reduce your taxes in the future by by taking that approach. Whether or not that's right for you, I have no idea. We have to look at your whole picture. I don't have all the pieces to the puzzle, but we would encourage you to have a written income plan. And of course, Sally, if you'd like to try to get a plan like that in place, if you'd like to get more specific answers to your question and start working on an income plan for you to have in retirement, you can reach out to Bill Danner and Daniel Neesmith at Security First Asset Management. Give them a call at 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. You can schedule a complimentary review of your situation by calling 800-987-1443. Well, you're listening to Retirement Income Solutions, where we want you to listen, plan, and thrive with the team, of course, from Security First Asset Management, serving you here in middle Georgia. That's Bill Danner and Daniel Neesmith. We're taking your questions from the mailbag this hour of the show. We love hearing from folks in and around the area. And we've got a great question that's come in from Martha in Warner Robins, who says, I turned 70 at the beginning of the year, so I have to start taking money out of my IRA this year. Even though I I don't really need it. Can I just take it out and reinvest it right back in something else? Martha, thank you for for the that's a great question because we do have uh, lots of clients and uh, prospects that we talk to that really don't know what to do when they get to age seventy. Uh, especially if in, in your case, if you don't think you'll need the money, you're going to have to take it out of the account. That's the the law of, of the land and. Uh, you know, I think the government likes that because they can finally get money uh, back from you. They won't, they'll get taxes on that money. And so there's no reason why you shouldn't and can invest that money in something different. You just can't put it back into an IRA. It has to be separate from that. But more importantly, Martha, you probably should all be considering what the tax implications of that might be. Uh, if you're single, you're going to be in a tax bracket that may the just the required minimum distribution alone may cause additional taxes that you aren't aware of and could possibly cause some uh, increase in the cost of your Medicare premiums and Part D premiums because you fall into different tax brackets. So it would be, if I were you and I'm getting ready to take that uh, RMD because I have to this year, I'd like to know the impact it's going to have financially on me as far as taxes and and in the future. And there's some strategies that can be put in place. If you sit down with us, we can help you understand that if you don't need this money, you can do other things with it. You certainly can reinvest it, not only in in, the, in a market-type product, but various different investments. You can enhance your estate by by buying different types of investment uh, options that are out there today. And, and you can also defer some taxes by by doing what's called a QLAC, a Qualified Longevity Annuity Contract, that lets you put a portion of your your monies uh, that you have in an IRA out to a future date of age 85 before you have to start taking distributions. Or if you do charitable donations, you can give all or part of your required minimum distribution directly to a charity and not have to pay taxes on it. So the question I think that you should be asking is not how I invest the money, but what is the tax tax complications that I'm going to have and the implications of those taxes to my overall a financial situation moving forward. This is why we encourage people to save money in different types of accounts like Roth IRAs. If you have a traditional IRA, there's a saying we have that says an IRA is an IOU to the IRS. And if you save all of your money in a 401k and defer those taxes, you'll run into the same type of problem that Martha has here. Yep, Martha, it could it could be an impact financially on you as far as the form of taxes and it could cause taxation further taxation even on your social security benefits so it's important that you address that before you take that first one there are options out there for you to to look at and of course martha if you'd like to dive into that question further with bill and daniel you can reach out and give them a call at 800-987-1443 that's 800-987-1443 Let's take a question now from Thomas, who writes in from Dublin. Thomas says, I was recently diagnosed with ALS, so I'm retiring at 53 to spend as much time as possible with my wife and college-age son because I just don't know how much time I have left. I have some life insurance, but what else do I need to think about to make sure my family is in good shape financially after I'm gone? Well, Thomas, I'm, I'm very sorry to hear about your diagnosis. That's 
a real difficult situation, and I think you have your priorities straight here, looking to spend time with your family and, and son. You know, Obviously, they're the most important thing in your life. And the last thing you want to do is spend your time thinking about money and, and how to handle things. But I'll give you a couple different things that hopefully can help you a little bit in your situation. First of all, make sure that you've done the following, that you have a will and that you have dictated everything that you want to do in the will. On any accounts that you have that aren't IRAs, make sure you have a transfer on death form on file. You can do that even with your checking account if your wife's not on there jointly with you. This will prevent probate from the assets being probated, and it uh, will slow down the situation. Make absolutely sure any beneficiaries you have listed on any pensions or IRAs are up-to-date and current with the beneficiaries that you want. And another thing is, I don't know your health insurance situation, Thomas, but you're going to want to make sure that you have some kind of, if you have a job, some kind of health insurance coverage. If not, you'll have to go to the exchange. But if you don't have health insurance coverage and let's say you're going to retire, you have to really think about what the implications would be to your family if you don't have the health insurance coverage. The cost of that care would have to be paid from your assets at your death. And and I know you don't want to leave your family in that kind of situation. So real tough deal there. But those are a few things that, that hopefully would make things better for you, and uh, I applaud your focus there on your family. Thomas, we certainly applaud that focus. Like Daniel said, we wish you the best. And, of course, if you'd like to get more in-depth answers to your question, you can reach out and give the guys a call at 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. Do you have a question like what we've covered today on our show? Don't be afraid to ask us about what's on your mind. There are no dumb questions when it comes to the financial game. After all, you have to learn a little in order to achieve the successful retirement that you'd like to have. If you want to ask a question about your particular situations, here's what we'll do. We'd like to offer you the opportunity to come in for a complete financial review. And we'll offer this service free if you have at least $100,000 saved for retirement. We'll cover the following. Social Security. At what age should you start taking that benefit and how does it fit into your overall income picture? Risk. How much risk are you taking in your portfolio? And is that amount of risk appropriate for your age? Fees. How much are you paying in fees and commissions? Is it an appropriate amount? Taxes. We'll analyze the tax implication of your savings. Healthcare. Do you have plans to pay for healthcare or for a long-term care need in the future? Legacy. Do you plan to leave money to future generations? We'll talk about how to properly structure your plan to achieve those kinds of goals. And lastly, income. Do you have a plan to outpace inflation and make sure you don't run out of money in your retirement? This just scratches the surface of all the things we're going to cover in your complimentary review. If you're ready to get the ball rolling, call right now. We've got a spot reserved for you. Well, do you still have a lot of questions revolving around your retirement plan? That's probably not a good thing. Get answers to those questions with our financial review. Just dial 800-987-1443. Give us a call. Again, that's 800-987-1443. We'll bring you into our office in Dublin or Macon and review your specific goals, needs, wants, and make sure you get a plan that can accomplish all those desires. But it all starts with a phone call, and that number is 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. If you get the voicemail, don't worry. A lot of people try to get through each week. Just leave a quick message, and we'll get back with you shortly to set up your complimentary review, just call 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. Hi, I'm a cleverly devised personification of Wall Street. I'm one wild roller coaster ride away from wreaking havoc on your investments. And I love to mess with your emotions. If you're not properly diversified, you can bet I'll keep you up all night thinking about me. If you want to keep me off your mind, you really need a trusted advisor who will look after your best interests. You also need a custom-designed financial plan that will protect you from market volatility. Otherwise, when I take a plunge, I'll send you scrambling through your filing cabinet, hoping you were well prepared. Don't wait for turmoil to hit. 
Get started today with your complimentary review at Security First Asset Management. 800-987-1443. No cost or obligation. 800-987-1443 at Security First Asset Management. Call now. 800-987-1443. Time for a Middle Georgia fun fact. Did you know Dublin is known to have the tallest building in central Georgia? The Ficklin and Company building measure right at 211 feet. We know planning for a retirement can be a tall order, but we have you covered. This is Retirement Income Solutions. Taking your questions here on Retirement Income Solutions, listen, plan, and thrive. If you have a question for the team you'd like to submit to the show, just go online to the website. It's completetheplan.com. That's completetheplan.com. There's a contact tab. And if you click on that tab, you can put in your information, submit a question, and who knows? You too could be featured here on the show. All you have to do to submit a question, again, go online to completetheplan.com, go to that contact tab, submit a question. Let's take a question now from Donald, who says, I'm not retiring for a few years. By the way, he is in Perry. And he says, but I'll be 62 next month so I can start my Social Security. Congratulations to you, Donald. Should I go ahead and start it and use the extra income to get my house paid off sooner? Well, Donald, being that you're 62, you should be aware of a a rule. They will withhold your Social Security benefit if you're still working prior to your full retirement age if you make more than $17,640. So you, you have to be aware of this. Let me explain how it works. Prior to your full retirement age, which for you is probably somewhere around age 67, that's the, that's the I don't know the year you were born, but you'll be 62 next month, so uh, let's just say your full retirement age is 67. Now, if you're still working and your income exceeds $17,640, they're going to stop sending you Social Security checks once you pass that number. Now, you'll get that back over time once you hit your full retirement age, but it's not something you want to do because you, you take a reduced benefit by taking it early, and then they're not going to continue to give you Social Security checks once you pass that 17640 So you really probably don't want to do that. I never have advised someone to take Social Security early while they're still working. But the fact that you're trying to pay your house off early. That's a good thing. You know, it's a good thing that you're trying to, to have your house paid paid for. So you, your idea behind this is good. But the method by taking the Social Security early may not be the best way. We need to look and see if we can find another way to help you. And that's going to require a little bit more details about where your income is, what your savings currently are, what your interest rate is in your house what your income streams in retirement will be, all that factors in. But we can probably find a more efficient way to help you than you taking that Social Security and having all those penalties. And also, Harold, if you're not going to retire until upwards to 70, then uh, there's another reason to kind of take a look at Social Security a little differently, depending on whether you have a pension or not. And you can still work past 66 and draw your full benefit if it's 66 or 67. And uh, Use that money to accelerate over a three or four year period of time uh, to pay off your mortgage if you're not going to retire at about 70. So there's a lot of options out there to do to help you pay off that mortgage. Elizabeth writes in to us now. She is in Kathleen and she says, I'll be inheriting about $250,000 after we settle my mom's estate within the next few months. I could use this money for a lot of different things. I could pay off some debt or maybe save it for my own retirement because I definitely don't have as much saved as I should. But part of me feels uncomfortable with using my mom's life savings to clean up my mess. Do you have any suggestions for how to navigate this? Elizabeth, uh, I'm sure you won't be the first person that's used inheritance to pay off mess. Uh, we all, we, you know, many people fit into that category, but maybe a thought here. If you are saving money now and you, you're not saving enough, as you indicate, and this 250, 250,000 would make a big difference probably in your retirement. Maybe you can start uh, funneling more money towards the debt and less money towards your 401k for a while to help eliminate the debt and and invest wisely the $250,000 to make up the difference. Maybe that's just one suggestion, but probably more importantly in all that, Elizabeth, is trying to find out exactly where you are financially and on your road to retirement and see how the 250 fits in overall long term and what kind of difference it will make in a retirement plan for you. So it's probably a good time for you as you begin to to look at retirement and, and look at this uh, blessing that you're going to receive from your mother 
this is a blessing and it's sacred and uh, I'm sure your mother would like for you to use it wisely but I think more than likely she wanted you to make sure that you're comfortable and it would be nice to know uh, for you to know uh, exactly how that fits in an overall income plan for you and an overall retirement plan so we'd encourage you to have us take a few minutes of your time and sit down with us and let us help you understand where you are and where you have the ability to maybe pay down the debt and still continue to save and how this money can uh, be invested properly to, to help you get towards your retirement goals. Time now for a question from Gwen and Bonaire. Gwen says, my house is already paid off, but I'm about to sell it and downsize to a condo. That's about $100,000 cheaper. Should I just put the money I make during this transition in the market? Gwen, thanks for the question. Uh, as always, when you have money that you're using for retirement savings, you, you want to understand when you're going to need the funds, how long it's going to be before you're going to need to access them, and, and you really want to know how it fits into your overall plan. So just putting it in the market without a plan could be very dangerous. We're, we're 10 years plus into the largest bull market in American history. We don't know when a recession may happen, but... I don't think you'd be very happy if your 100000 became 70000 if the market were to crash, being that this is money that you just are coming upon now. But if you don't need it for a very long time, uh, out into the future, maybe you are able to take some risk. The most important thing you could do is have a retirement analysis and let us show your income streams in retirement and a risk analysis to help you understand how your money may react when we have a recession. So without that, you'd be flying blind. I know sometimes it's easy just to jump and say, well, you know, things are going so good in the market. My friends at work, their 401ks have gone up so much over the last few years. But that emotional decision can have punishing results if if it's not part of an overall plan. So we invite you to, as we always say, to come and have a lifetime income blueprint put together for you so we can uh, help you make the most of that. Yeah, Gwen, I think it's important to, to look at all your savings a little different way than a lot of people do. Uh, what's the purpose of the money? Uh, what's the why of the money? Why, why, why do I have it? And how does it fit into my overall life? And that's, that's the way we need to approach it, not how should I invest it? We should invest it based off of our goals and our needs. And so we'd encourage you to take that approach to it and not just throw caution to the wind. You're listening to Retirement Income Solutions. Listen, plan, and thrive with the team at Security First Asset Management. I'm Mark Haywood alongside Bill Danner and Daniel Neesmith. If you'd like to have your question featured in the mailbag, all you have to do is go online to completetheplan.com. There is a contact tab. If you go to that tab, fill out your information, submit your question, who knows? You too could end up in our mailbag. Again, just go online to completetheplan.com. That's completetheplan.com. Click on that contact tab and submit a question, and you too could be a part of our mailbag segment. Speaking of, let's take another question now from David. David is in Fort Valley, and David says, Is there a better solution for saving for college other than just piling money into a 529 plan? Well, David, uh, you know, 529 plans or Coverdale IRA plans are all designed to grow tax-deferred, and they're designed to be used for college education, uh, tuition, in the case of a 529 plan for books and housing, etc. They grow tax-deferred, and and uh, there's, there's not another vehicle out there that grows tax-deferred that you can utilize for taxes, or excuse me, for education, and not have to pay taxes when you pull the money out. Uh, absence of that, uh, I think the only other thing you could possibly do would be a Roth. But then there's consequences that under age 59 and a half to use it for schooling, so that wouldn't be appropriate either. Uh, 529 plans are designed not only for you to contribute, but anybody who wants to contribute to that plan for that individual can do so up to the gifting limits per year. So it's really the only plan available that uh, has potentially unlimited amounts of money that can go in there and grow tax-deferred. And if used for college, then it's always tax-free. And also, not only that, if, if you you can change beneficiaries, too, on a 529 plan. You can't do that on a Coverdell IRA educational plan. But you can, you can change multiples. You can utilize a beneficiary, and they can use the money in that plan. You can, whatever's left in the plan, you can change it to another beneficiary. So they're very flexible. It's probably the best vehicle with uncapped abilities of putting money in it 
that grow tax-deferred and are tax-free for not only college uh, tuition, but books and housing and transportation. They're a very versatile plan. They're probably the best that we have to offer in this country today. Let's take a question from Grace, who writes into us from Forsyth. Grace says, this is a second marriage for both me and my husband. We'll file a joint tax return, but we keep all other financial matters separate. Is that okay, or should we be doing things differently? Well, Grace, thanks for the question. I certainly think it's okay. But uh, the, the important thing is, even if you keep it separate, you should still be open about the financial plan. It's impossible to plan for the future plan for contingencies if one spouse passes away before the other without being open about what assets are available in that situation. So keeping things separate is nothing uncommon, but being okay with talking about it, I think, is super important. Um, you know, if, if your husband's older than you and he passes away, you'll get his Social Security benefits. So it may be important to him to delay that so it could be a little bit bigger if you don't have a pension. So needs to be part of your financial plan. Uh, don't necessarily need to keep everything together, but just having an understanding about what would be available if something were to happen to one of the two of you. So that's, that's my advice on that, separate but open. Yeah, not only that, uh, you both need to define exactly how you want uh, your joint assets to go over time as well, and certainly understand uh, uh, how, how they're to go to other family members, uh, especially since you have a blended family. Yeah, it's a difficult yeah. situation, but it has to be open, and mm-hmm. you you need to have a kind of like a third party to be able to sit in and kind of yeah. kind of orchestrate how this thing all goes, so well, you, so you don't have conflicts with yeah. it. It's kind of tricky, you know. If you file a joint tax return, let's say someone takes an IRA distribution out of their side of the money, well, uh, who's going to pay the tax for that? You you have to have that planned out. It's going to impact both of you in a joint tax return, and so. More than likely, if you're keeping your financial financial information and your your accounts separate, that person that took the withdrawal should pay for it. So you'll, you'll need to be able to define that and where it comes from. That's why it has to be open. Well, this is Retirement Income Solutions. Listen, plan, and thrive with the team in Middle Georgia. That's Bill Danner and Daniel Neesmith serving you at Security First Asset Management. We're taking your questions from the mailbag here on the show. We've got one that's coming to us from Michael and Kathleen. Michael says, my wife is significantly younger than me, and I'm guessing she'll outleave me by at least 10 years. Do I need life insurance on myself to be sure she's okay after I'm gone? Michael, uh, thanks for uh, giving us a uh, shout out. We appreciate your question, and this is something we see quite often. This is not rare in our society today, uh, especially uh, with situations where families you know have divorces early on in their career you know their lives they're married they tend to marry maybe even marry younger so this is something that happens quite a bit there's some things to be concerned about obviously you will probably outlive your 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 uh, your wife by a significant amount of time and uh, i can tell you some of the planning you need to do you ask if you should have life insurance that might well be the case uh especially when you have to start making the decisions about how you take a pension if you actually are going to have one. And secondly, when you start drawing your Social Security because your wife is entitled to benefits on both of those, whether it be a pension on a spousal care benefit or Social Security on the higher amount. Uh, if you are the higher wage earner, then there's decisions to be made about that down the road. A lot of times life insurance will come into play in a couple of ways. If she's younger and if she's actually in her 40s, for example, right now, and you're in your 50s, or she's in the early 50s, and you're in your 60s, whatever the case may be, life insurance is probably still fairly inexpensive. But there are other ways to look at life insurance, too. They can be accumulation tools for assets, for cash down the road, so that you can actually fund life insurance, overfund life insurance, and have an income stream. So there's a lot of things to think about before you address whether you need life insurance or not, but it certainly can be part of the planning process. And I would advise you, especially since there is such a long time frame, 10 years is quite a while difference in age, that you consider what your options are long before you ever make them. So if you do have a pension, or if you're not going to have a pension, the monies you're accumulating, when you trigger your Social Security benefits, do you have younger kids at home? There's a lot of things that need to be considered other than just saying, do I need life insurance? So give us a call and let us sit down and talk about it. And we'll look at the picture holistically 
and help you understand all the different risks that you may may be associated with having a, a younger wife and longevity and health care and taxes and all those things. Those, that all comes part of our lifetime income blueprint. So we appreciate you writing in and look forward to talking to you again in the future. Do you have a question like what we've covered on the show today? Don't be afraid to ask us about what's on your mind. There are no dumb questions when it comes to the financial game. After all, you have to learn a little in order to achieve that successful retirement we're all after. If you want to ask a question about your particular situation, here's what we'll do. We'd like to offer you the opportunity to come in for a complete financial review, and we'll offer this review for free if you have at least $100,000 saved for retirement. We'll cover the following. Social Security. At what age should you start taking that benefit, and how does it fit into your overall income picture? Risk. How much risk are you taking in your portfolio, and is that amount of risk appropriate for your age? Fees. How much are you paying in fees and commissions? Is it an appropriate amount? Taxes. We'll analyze the tax implications of your savings. Health care. Do you have plans to pay for health care or long-term care need in the future? Legacy. Do you want to leave money to future generations? We'll talk about how to properly structure your plan to achieve those kinds of dreams. And lastly, income. Do you have a plan to outpace inflation and to make sure you don't run out of money in retirement? This just scratches the surface of all the things we're going to cover in your complimentary review. If you're ready to get the ball rolling, call right now. We've got a spot reserved for you. Well, do you still have a lot of questions revolving around your retirement plan? That's probably not a good thing. Get answers to those questions with our financial review. Just dial 800-987-1443. Give us a call. Again, that's 800-987-1443. We'll bring you into our office in Dublin or Macon and review your specific goals, needs, wants, and make sure you get a plan that can accomplish all those desires. But it all starts with a phone call, and that number is 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. If you get the voicemail, don't worry. A lot of people try to get through each week. Just leave a quick message, and we'll get back with you shortly to set up your complimentary review. Just call 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. Getting the right retirement plan is important. Make sure that the person designing your plan abides by the three C's. Your plan should be comprehensive and that it leaves no stone unturned. Every angle of the retirement world should be considered from estate planning to tax planning and risk versus safety. All of it is important to consider. Your plan should also be customized. Cookie cutter plans are a no-no. Your plan should be unique to your situation and any true financial analysis will reflect that. Finally, an advisor should put a plan together for you that is complimentary, at no cost or obligation to you. It should be a fact-finding mission, not a sales pitch out of the gate. So remember the three C's comprehensive, customized, and complimentary. If you're struggling to find that kind of plan, call Bill Danner and Daniel Neesmith with the Security First Asset Management Team here in Middle Georgia. Dial 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. Visit our website for details on the services we provide, education videos, our great learning center, and to find out about upcoming events. It's all on completetheplan.com. That's completetheplan.com. This question comes to us from Kevin and Warner Robbins. Kevin says, my company matches my 401k contributions, but they do it in the form of company stock. I'm not that excited about owning a lot of company stock, but I also don't want to miss out on any matching funds. Should I still try to put in as much as I can? Kevin, that's a great question. You know, obviously it's good to have a company match, even if it is in the form of company stock. You want to definitely consider putting in money into your 401k plan up to the match at the very least, probably save more than that. Sometimes it makes sense to go up to the match in the 401k, then consider other things like Roth IRA contributions outside of your employer plan if they don't offer that. Many times when you, they do give you company stock as their match, you can still move it to a more diversified fund. So you probably want to check and, and 
see with your benefits manager or your 401k plan advisor if you're able to, after they give you the company stock, move it into a more diversified fund. Typically, 401k plans will have mutual funds inside of them that give you a lot more diversification. The problem with having more than 5 to 10% of your assets in your company stock inside of your 401k is that you run the risk of being, you know, ask any former employee of Enron or Bear Stearns if it makes sense to, to have more than 5 to 10% of your company stock in your own company stock. You, you definitely don't want to have more than that in your 401k. You want to diversify it and have different holdings besides the company stock. But if that's all they offer, probably they'll let you move it into something else after they give that to you. Let's take a question here from Pam out of our mailbag. Pam is over in Macon, Georgia, and Pam says, what do you consider a reasonable amount to pay for financial advice? It's a very good question, Pam, because there are a lot of uh, different services offered by financial advisors, and uh, some of which are fee-based and some are commission-based. Some are a hybrid of both, so I think reasonably uh, you should be able to get advice on everything. A good financial advisor should be able to provide you the, the planning tools and the advice on, uh, on all aspects of your life. It should be holistic, and if you have an advisor that, uh, that you're working with that just basically uh, allocates uh, monies to various different mutual funds and charges maybe a wrap fee around that, uh, one uh, percent or whatever it may be, uh, that may not be uh, worth the one percent because he's really not managing the the mutual funds at all. He's kind of managing allocations. That's something to consider. We like to think that fees uh, are of value, especially if there's uh, value offered for the fee. If there's not value offered for the fees that are being expended, then they're probably they're not worth it. So reasonable price should be dictated on just how comprehensive is the planning advice that you're receiving and how comprehensive is the ongoing advice and the management of your assets over a long period of time. Then we can see absence of value, fees or costs with value, they're very reasonable. And what that percentage is, is based on exactly the level of service that you get. Time now for another question from our mailbag here on Retirement Income Solutions, where we want you to listen, plan, and thrive. This question comes to us from Marty and Byron. Marty says, I've always been an aggressive investor. I like to see my money grow. Well, who doesn't, Marty? At what age am I supposed to get conservative? Well, you probably want to consider not so much your age as when you want to get some conservative, but what will be the purpose of the money? Is it going to provide you income in the early years of your retirement? Is it going to be a situation where you have enough income from pension and Social Securities where you're never going to touch your assets? You're going to pass this on to the next generation? That is the determinant of how much risk you should take. That and how you feel when you see your, your money go down. Where's your bailout button? You know, If you see your portfolio go down 10%, is that where it is? And I will tell you, most retirees don't want to see their money going down more than 10%. And that happens pretty frequently in the markets. So we have to really take a close look at how much risk and how much money we're willing to lose when the market does go down. But to your question, as you age, and if you're going to have to take money out, let's say for required minimum distributions at age 70 and a half, you don't want to pull that money from a portion of your portfolio that's aggressive. Because when we have a bad year, when we have another 2008, 2001, then you're going to have to sell those shares out of the market's already down. The losses are going to be compounded by withdrawals. So the factor, the most important factor is when you need to start withdrawing the money as to how conservative you should be if you're an aggressive investor. So if the purpose is passing it on to the next generation, you know, I've seen people in their 80s that, that own significantly risky portfolios that someone in their 40s wouldn't want to own. That's why it has to be individualized. And the key factor is when that money is going to be needed and the purpose of it. Wendy writes in now with a question from Warner Robbins. Wendy says, our 401k plan at work now has a Roth option available for future contributions. Should I take advantage of that? Wendy, that's a great question, and we're glad that there are more and more plans are now offering the Roth uh, opportunity. This would, uh, I think, in my mind, would be uh, something you should consider, and whether you're 40, 30, or even 50, because you still have time, 
but generally it's a time-based thing the sooner you get going with the Roth option the more opportunity you have to have tax-free growth and tax-free income in retirement so we're advocates of Roths but if you're younger obviously you need to really look at this option and utilize it now what you give up today is the tax benefits and that's one of the things that you need to be aware of because if you're used to putting four or five or six or eight percent of your money into your 401k it's not on a pre-tax basis so you don't see the the hundred percent impact of of the money because it, you're you're actually reducing your taxable income and when you switch to the Roth side of the, the equation then that's after-tax money so you're going to see a difference in your take-home pay simply because you'll be paying more taxes i believe and so does daniel and our firm believes that the more Roth you can have the sooner in life, the better you are because we cannot predict nor control future taxation. And we know that Roth money grows tax-free under current legislation and is withdrawn tax-free. And literally, you don't need as much money put away in a Roth when you compare it to a 401k when you start needing to take withdrawals in retirement simply because you don't have to pay the taxes. So you can accumulate wealth quicker, tax-free wealth quicker in a Roth than you can in a traditional IRA or 401k simply because of the tax aspect. So it's a blessing to have the Roth option. Look and weigh the differences. Maybe you do a little bit of both or maybe you switch 100% to Roth. It all depends on your circumstances and your time horizon. So if you need further input on that, give us a call and we'll be happy to sit down and show you all the scenarios and all the different risks and things you can look at long-term by creating for you a lifetime income blueprint plan, which then can clearly you can see the difference between taxes and non-taxes in retirement. Do you have a question like what we've covered today on our show? Don't be afraid to ask us about what's on your mind. There are no dumb questions when it comes to the financial game. After all, you have to learn a little in order to achieve the successful retirement that you'd like to have. If you want to ask a question about your particular situations, here's what we'll do. We're offering a complimentary financial review to you. When you come in, we'll talk about your retirement income needs, where that income is going to come from, and how you'll outpace inflation, pay as little as possible in taxes, and make sure that you don't outlive your money. We'll make it all easy to understand. Take the first step right now because for almost everybody, that's the hardest part. If you're ready to get your financial plan in place, give us a call right now. Well, do you still have a lot of questions revolving around your retirement plan? That's probably not a good thing. Get answers to those questions with our financial review. Just dial 800-987-1443. Give us a call. Again, that's 800-987-1443. We'll bring you into our office in Dublin or Macon and review your specific goals, needs, wants, and make sure you get a plan that can accomplish all those desires. But it all starts with a phone call, and that number is 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. If you get the voicemail, don't worry. A lot of people try to get through each week. Just leave a quick message, and we'll get back with you shortly to set up your complimentary review. Just call 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. for a Middle Georgia fun fact. Did you know it's illegal to keep a donkey in a bathtub in Georgia? (laughs) Yep, this one's completely random. So let's get back to the show. You're listening to Retirement Income Solutions, where we want you to listen, plan, and thrive with the team from Security First Asset Management. That's Bill Danner and Daniel Neesmith. We're taking your questions from the mailbag. Let's take a question now from Charlotte, who writes in from Forsyth. Charlotte says, I'm 60 and I'd love to retire. And in parentheses, she writes, and I think I probably could. But it just seems like everyone I know waits until they're at least 65 or 66. Is it a bad idea to retire now? Well, Charlotte, I like that she said, I think I probably could retire. If we focus on that for just a moment, if you want to feel highly confident, that you can retire. What you want to do is have a good understanding and be able to see a picture of what your retirement will look like and the different income streams, how long your assets will last, and under different scenarios. Cost of living is going to go up. Markets are going to fluctuate. Healthcare costs are going to rise. Those things can be factored in, and that's part of what Bill was mentioning a minute ago with our lifetime income blueprint. You don't just have to think you probably could. You could feel real confident whether or not you can afford to retire and remain retired and thrive in retirement. 
One big factor about retiring early at 60 is health care costs. Medicare won't kick in until you're 65. If your employer will let you continue to maintain your health insurance policy after retirement, that'd be great. A lot of companies aren't doing that anymore. Maybe you can get on your spouse's health care plan, but you really want to think about how you're going to pay for that health care without having Medicare until you're 65. So I would think it's a, to whether or not it's a bad idea really circ- depends on that and what your future looks like, not just is your income enough today. When you first retire, people can live on today's money, but 10, 15 years down the road with the cost of living, you may be surprised at how much inflation eats up your savings. For example, if you retire at 60 and you need $50,000 a year, well, 3% inflation when you're 80 You'll need $90,000 to buy the same amount of goods and services you bought with $50,000 in the first year of your retirement. That's just with 3% inflation for 20 years. So we really think it makes sense to take a close look at all these factors and how they impact you, not just today, but down the road. All right, let's take a question now from Chip, who writes in from over in Macon. Chip says, my company plan is offering a program where I can get advice on my 401k for a very low fee. Is it a good idea to use this? I would think so. Uh, you know, unless you're very astute at uh, the type of offerings you have and pay attention to it, uh, you know, it's always good to have somebody else helping you. So I would first want to look at what kind of uh, advice they're giving and what they're basing that advice on, uh, whether they are actively going to help you manage it, meaning if they look at your mix and your balance and look at what's going on in the marketplace and they can communicate to you that maybe you need to shift here or there that's good advice if it's simply advice and saying hey you're, here's your here's your risk profile put 20 20 20 and 20 and, and all these different funds and then go that may not be worth the money you're paying if you're going to get advice on it it should be something that's ongoing Maybe they have that in the program. I would ask those kind of questions. Is this ongoing advice? Will you help me rebalance? Will you help me get out of trouble if the market is trending down? Will you be there when I need to talk to you? If that's available, then that's great advice. That's the kind of advice we offer for our clients, but uh, you may not have that available inside your 401k. So identify, ask the questions, what am I paying for and how will it benefit me? I've noticed a lot of the clients I talk to that that have the 401k with the uh, advice for a fee typically have told me they don't have a lot of contact with the people and maybe they're paying the fee and they're managing the account or moving things around but don't really have a plan in place. It's just kind of focused on the investment side of their 401k. So, Or have a tactical strategy in place that can actually dictate that yeah. we need to be mm-hmm. out right. uh, because the things are telling us that we need to be out. Yeah, so that's something to consider, too. What are you getting for that fee, as Bill was mentioning? Let's take a question from Regina, who writes in in Warner Robins. Regina says, should I contribute as much as I can to my 401k or only as much as my company will match? Well, I think you should save as much as you can, for sure. The question is where to save. Sometimes people overload these 401ks in tax-deferred plans, And then in retirement, they are just shocked at how much taxes are paid, and they feel like they drank the Kool-Aid like everyone did, and they didn't save in tax-advantaged places. You definitely want to get the match in your 401k, but if you're eligible to start a Roth IRA and that's not in your 401k, anything above the match, I would max out the Roth IRA contributions. Depending on what age you're started at, you know, you want to save anywhere between 10 and 25% of your income. The later you start, the higher the percentage you're going to have to save to catch up because you don't have time for it to compound. But I think the idea you have here about saving is important and getting the match in the 401k is important. But also think about where you're saving. Is it tax-free like the Roth IRA? Have you already paid taxes on what we call the seed money and then the harvest is tax-free? That's how the Roth IRA works. With the 401k, you get a little tax break up front and then all the harvest is taxable when you take that money out. So please be aware of the downside of only saving in the 401k. Well, as always, we've really enjoyed answering your questions today on Retirement Income Solutions. Just a reminder that Bill Danner and Daniel Neesmith are your financial coaches in Middle Georgia at Security First Asset Management. Remember, if you have questions about retirement, we're happy to answer them, and we're standing by after the show throughout the week. 
just give us a call at 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. And we're always online at completetheplan.com. That's completetheplan.com. Well, thanks for listening to another edition of Retirement Income Solutions. Tune in again next week for another great show. Securities and advisory services offered through Madison Avenue Securities are registered broker-dealer and investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC. Security First and Madison Avenue Securities are not affiliated entities.